Hi, I'm Simone W. Johnson-Smith, and welcome to the Immigrant Experience in America. Are you a professional new to the United States and struggling to monetize the expertise you brought across the seas? Are you feeling misunderstood and out of touch because you're struggling to understand the unstated rules of the American culture? Each week, we'll take an in-depth look at the positive contributions immigrants are making to the American culture, marketplace, and life. Our intention is to serve as a bridge from your culture to the American culture, giving you a roadmap of tools and the language to understand the unstated rules of the American culture. Let's get started. Hello, listeners, and thank you for joining us again on another episode of The Immigrant Experience in America. Today, we have another interesting speaker for you. We have with us Donna Hilton, who is the Board of Directors, Chairman, and President of the organization called Steam Train. Donna Hilton is a technology professional and community leader with over 30 years of experience. She began her technology career in college while working as a data center coordinator in New York City. She has worked as an end-user database specialist, programmer, systems team leader, and information systems manager before making the transition to academia. In 1997, Donna started teaching at the Middlesex Community College as an adjunct professor and was hired full-time in 2000, in the year 2000. Today, she serves as a professor and program coordinator of the Computer Information Technology Systems and Management Information Systems degree program at the college. Donna earned her undergraduate degree in administrative computer systems from Hofstra University in Hampstead, Long Island, and her master's degree in computer information technology with a concentration in management information systems from Central Connecticut State University. She has earned a second master's degree in professional counseling from Liberty University. Uh, In 2017, Donna took a sabbatical leave from Middlesex Community College to attack the problem of the underrepresentation of women, girls, and people of color in STEM. Out of this community endeavor, Donna founded the Steam Train nonprofit organization that works to move generations of under-resourced and underrepresented populations to STEM. Today, Donna serves as a Steam Train's president, and she is joined by a board of directors who are STEM professional. This diverse group provides thought leadership to the organization. Donna, thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Simone. Welcome, welcome to our podcast. Would you like to go ahead and tell us a little bit more about your personal life and uh, what you do with your husband there in the wider community? Absolutely. So I am married. Um, I have been married since 1983 to a wonderful man. His name is Paul Hilton. And together we have four adult daughters, um, two of which are married. And I also have three granddaughters. So um, we're so blessed to have a family. And besides, you know, the time that we can spend with family, 
Um, Paul and I are also the pastors of a, a church in, in our community called Shiloh Christian Church, located in Middletown. He is the senior pastor, um, and I am the pastor of administration and counseling at the, at the, at the church. And um, we work together in ministry, we've worked together in missions, and we also have the, the blessing of having our children participate in the ministry and also in, um, in international missions along with us. So it's just a, it's a, it's a blessing to see all of the various aspects of our lives uh, intertwined according to God's plan. Very good, lovely to hear it. You're quite a busy lady as I've learned speaking with you in the past weeks. Yes, I, I stay busy, but it's all meaningful work. I enjoy every bit of it. I enjoy the work that I do as an educator with the community college. Um, I certainly enjoy the work that I am able to do through STEAM train, touching lives in our community. And of course, I enjoy um, the work that we do in ministry as unto the Lord. Very good, very good. Thank you for sharing. So Absolutely. Donna, if you can tell us um, where uh, you're from, a little bit more about your background um, uh, and uh, how long you've been here in the United States and uh, what is your arrival experience from whatever country that you're from. Sure. So I was born in Kingston, Jamaica, and I lived in Jamaica until I was um, about 15 years old. So I went through school in Jamaica. I actually graduated from high school in Jamaica before coming to America. Um, I came to America to join my mom who was already living here. Um, my older sister was also living here. And after finishing high school, uh, my brother and I joined the, the family that was here in America. So I came to America as this young teen, not quite sure of what this experience was going to be like, but just knowing that, you know, because I was coming to family, that it would be okay. America wasn't really um, a strange place for me, I will say this, because I had been spending summers here with my mom since um, probably in the early 70s when, you know, we would come back and forth, my brother and I would spend three months here with my mom and then we would go back to Jamaica to um, attend school because my father lived there. So we did that for a while, but after finishing high school, we were then gonna come to America to go to college. Um, it was my plan, it was my intention to stay in America for as long as it took to earn my undergrad degree and then I was gonna go right back home to Jamaica. So needless to say that that didn't quite plan out the way I expected. I ended up staying um, and making this a permanent home, but I did come here right after high school, uh, joined my, my, my mother and my sister who were already living in New York. And like many um, Jamaicans coming to America, you know, we have a, a point of entry and our point of entry was New York. And we lived initially in Brooklyn, New York for about two years. Um, and then my family moved from Brooklyn and we settled in Long Island. So that's kind of my arrival story. Very good, very good. Thanks for sharing. And can I ask what high school you did you attend in Jamaica? 
I'm a proud Excelsorian. So I graduated oh. from Excelsior High School. You don't just the, say. Just the best, the best high school in the country. Of course, <laughs> I am too a proud Excelsorian. Aggie, Aggie, Aggie all the way. Absolutely, absolutely. Shout out to all of the Aggies out there. Uh, if absolutely. you're listening. Um, <laughs> I, I recently found that out and anyway, I was very pleased to learn that. So um, oh, those were with... wonderful years. I wouldn't trade them for anything. Oh, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, my high school years. It was just a lot of fun, great memories, great friends. Very, yeah, I agree totally. And I'm just so impressed with what they've done with the high school expanded mm-hmm. with the sixth form, the engineering program. Um, The community college has also expanded. There's so many offerings there and they're doing such an excellent job. They certainly are. I I was able to see a virtual tour of the current school and I too was really impressed. Mm -hmm. Very good. Very good. Uh, Okay. So um, if you can tell us, Donna, you know, growing up in New York um, after moving here after high school, what was your American dream and, and what were some of the challenges that you faced in pursuit of your American dream? That's a really interesting question. Um, I think coming here, I, I dreamt of, you know, going to school, doing well, um, earning my degree. Of course, we always want to make our parents proud. Um, I had initially a desire to be a psychologist. So when I started school, it was my dream to be a psychologist. And I I hoped that when I was finished with school, I would be able to afford a nice sports car. I thought of the kind of house that I would want to live in. You know, I was probably a little bit naive in terms of what it took to gain these things in life. But nonetheless, it was my dream to, 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 achieve these goals. Um, And some of the challenges, well, the first thing that hit me after getting um, settled in America, because I had only spent summers here before when I was in high school and I would come to visit my mom, I would spend summers here. So I loved it. It was lush and green and warm, perfect. So I think the first challenge for me, Simone, was adjusting to the weather. I hated being cold. Oh. I would literally walk to the train station and and just be in tears because I just I just didn't love the cold. And um, New York is is actually, you know, up north there is on the colder yes. side too, right? It's definitely on the colder side. And I thought, you know, when it got to being in November and December that it it wouldn't, you know, it couldn't get it couldn't possibly get any colder. And then of course, when the real winter set in, I thought I was going to lose my mind. So, so it was one of the challenges for me is just, just knowing that, you know what, it may be cold outside, but you still have to go to college or you still have to go outside and you still have to, to do the things that you need to do. So that was one of my shock. As a matter of fact, after being here for my first year, um, I, I, I told my dad, I said, I just need to come home. I just need to, even if it's for a short time, I just need to come home just so that I can put my, put myself in the beach or, you know, just, just to enjoy um, the pleasures that we so took for granted when I lived in Jamaica. Um, I think another challenge, you know, apart from just obviously just acclimating to, to the weather, et cetera, is just, it's just getting used to the culture and the, the norms of, 
this country. Um, I was fortunate in that I, I, I had a lot of family here. So to be honest, where I spent most of my time was sort of in a bubble of Jamaican culture. So we ate Jamaican food and we listened to Jamaican music and we were around each other, you know, but you have to venture out. You have to venture out to college, to, to classrooms where people are from all, all different, especially in New York, from all different parts of the world and, and just learning how to navigate the culture and, and, and understanding the norms. And the other thing um, that happened for me early on is that um, I started to work. So when I, when I came here, I didn't start college until the, the following year. So I came here in July and I didn't start college right away until the following year in January. So for a, a few months I was working and, and then, you know, it was getting used to um, going out to work for the first time because back home I didn't work. I was just in school. So taking on my first job in America, taking the train from Brooklyn, getting to Manhattan, learning how to, to safely navigate this new world, that was, that was something that I had to adjust to. Um, but fortunately, because my mom and my sister had been here before, I was, I was guided. You know, they would warn me about um, what to do, what not to do. Um, I think they kept me a, a bit sheltered because, you know, it was like, don't talk to strange people or, you know, you know how they yes. would right, normally, right. Um, seek to be very protective. So that and was one thing. in that big city such as New York and so fast. Exactly. Lot, so many people, right? On exactly. any, any given day. Exactly. And coming, you know, coming from, um, a small community in our neighborhood. We everybody knew each other by first name. You could go to your neighbor's house or you go to your auntie's house and spend time. Um, and now you're in this big city where so many people are strangers. So um, it just took a little. It took a little getting getting used to that um, and um, and learning how to navigate. And of course, you know, with coming here with an accent that people are not used to. So you would say certain words and then they would say, what are you saying? And how, you know, they would not necessarily understand how you spoke. So just, just navigating all of that was, was a challenge um, initially. It took a while right. to adjust. I, I must say, I still, I've been here all that time and I still don't love the cold, um, but I've adjusted because guess what? I moved from New York and instead of heading south where it was warmer, <laughs> I ended up in and that's another story all in by itself, but I ended up in a colder state because I'm further north. I'm in Connecticut. Um, but, you know, we can talk about how I how I made it up here. But that's that that's the story of my arrival and some of the challenges that I had to overcome. How did you? <laughs> Cry in New York of the cold <laughs> and then end up going north because they would have to pull me uh, or tie me up and put me in a, a van or something to get me <laughs> to go any north. I've been to, I've lived in Philadelphia and mm -hmm. I started having knee pains because of the weather. And my mom said, I think it's because of how cold it is there. Mm -hmm. And now we moved to Georgia and the pain went away and mm. we just love the weather here. So we welcome you any day you'd like to move. Well, thanks for the invitation. Thank you. So um, 
I, as I mentioned, I, I started college in New York. Um, I ended up starting college in Manhattan and then I moved, when my family moved to Long Island, I transferred to Hofstra University. And so I, I worked in Manhattan. I went to school in Long Island. Um, and you know, I, you know, I really adjusted because now I was not only, you know, making my way out the door, but I was making my way from Long Island to Manhattan, back to Long Island to school. I was, you know, just navigating the balance between working and also going to school. So when my, when my undergrad degree was finished, I earned a degree. I, I switched majors, by the way. I wasn't doing psychology um, anymore. I switched to what is, what, what is today would be called uh, MIS degree. In my day, it was called administrative computer systems, but it's basically a degree that blends um, technology and business classes. So when that degree was finished, um, there were companies that came to our campus to recruit for programming positions. They were looking for programmers. And I remember several companies coming and interviewing us on campus. Um, a few months after they came to campus, I got a, a an, an offer to come to Connecticut to a, an insurance company up here in, in the Hartford area um, because they were looking to hire um, programmers. And it was a great opportunity, especially because when I, when I was in um, New York, you know, I was certainly eager to stay in New York and I sent out resumes to several companies, but um, many of them wanted you to have experience. I had um, technical experience because I was working at a company where I managed the personnel data center, but it wasn't programming experience. So I couldn't put it on the resume that I had worked as a programmer. So because it was difficult to get a job without having um, similar experience, I was happy to take the job in Connecticut because they were going to take me in as a, a, a entry-level programmer, and they were going to acclimate me to their systems, putting you through like an initial training program, and then um, hire you for, um, you know, for a specific task within the organization. Um, I told my mom, it's funny, I told my mom when I got the job offer to go to Connecticut, I said, you know, mom, I'm just going to take this job to get experience for about two years, and then after <laughs> I get some experience as a programmer, I'm going to come back to New York. Yes. So see you, you in know, two years, mom. <laughs> just two years, because at least, Simone, I could put on a resume that I had been a programmer for two years. Yes, I could put on the, on the resume that I had worked in this end user um, capacity, but it wasn't programming. So I was right. going to be able to write on my resume after a few years, and I was going to head back to New York. Well, life happened, right? So I moved to Connecticut. I got the job as a programmer. Um, and shortly after taking the job as a programmer, I got married. My husband and I settled. We started to plant some deeper roots in the state of Connecticut. And truth be told, I kind of fell in love with the state. Wow. And wow. we ended, I, you know, winters and all. <laughs> <laughs> winters and all. And, um, and we just ended up staying here. And we've lived here um, since then. Wow. Well, it's amazing what they say, right? Love can do amazing things to the heart, right? Maybe to your <laughs> husband, 
you fell in love and life just became so much more beautiful. And then the cold just seemed like far away, not as close right. as it was before. So um, you had warmth in ho- at home and your love was right next to you. So, uh, yes. okay. I think what, what, what I also started to appreciate after living in Connecticut for a short time is the, is the pace. So you can imagine the pace at which you go when you're living in, in and working in the city and everybody's moving at warp speed. Um, when, when we decided to, to settle in Connecticut, we bought our first home, we started to ha- have kids. It just seemed like this pace was much more supportive of that kind of family life that we wanted to have. And, you know, after having the first one and the second and so forth, it really just felt like home. And, and all of my daughters were born here. Very good. Very good. Okay. Well, Connecticut, maybe I will visit someday. I've never been. Actually, it's I've actually been to a Canada. beautiful state. Yes. 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 I've been to Canada, which is like so much uh, colder um, and to Niagara Falls. But I, I do need to go like upstate New York and to the other northern states to see like really how cold it really gets (laughs) (laughs) well i I won't scare you but this morning when we looked out at the temperature it was five degrees (laughs) oh my goodness wow wow um it's chilly but it's beautiful right now i'm looking out the window and the snow is covering all of the grass and it's just a very scenic view Pretty. Right. You, you guys do have that um, snowy Christmas that we all pray yes. for when we're down south. Like, oh, it doesn't feel like Christmas because there's no snow on the ground. Right. No. Right. We, every now and then we do have a white Christmas, but we had a snowstorm that left it blanketed. It's just beautiful. It's, it's, it's very scenic. Very good. Very good. So can you, can you talk a little bit about, um, I know you shared about some of your challenges getting it, you know, towards your American dream, but just overall, like some of your, the biggest challenges, culture shock, areas for adjustment, and how did you overcome, you know, after moving um, to here from high, after high school and, and so forth and adjusting? Um, I think one of the, one of the areas that hit me after living in America for a while is that um, I didn't come here with any bias. I didn't come here with any racial bias against any, any particular group of, you know, individuals. Um, I grew up in a country where our motto is out of many, one people. We're a rainbow of, of um, ethnicities and we, we just love each other. We get along. Um, And so you come here with that, with that mindset. And um, I, I never, I never, even thought about racism, never thought about it for a minute. I think the first time it really hit me that people just would look at me and make a judgment about who I am without even getting to know me is um, when my husband and I were, were buying our first home. Um, we found out from the realtor, sadly, that uh, because we were going to be the first people of color in our neighborhood, um, we found out from the realtor that the people in our neighborhood, some of the neighbors didn't want us to buy the home. 
Oh, and not not because they knew wow. anything about us. They didn't know anything about us. They didn't know just by virtue of the fact that we were people of color. Um, and and realizing that was very um, it was very disconcerting. It, it of course it hurt, and you you realize that wow, I'm excited about this opportunity. I have prepared myself. You know, I I, I can afford the house that I'm moving into. But just because of who we are, people would make that judgment call. And of course, um, we had to just figure out how to navigate that. And we still bought the house, you know, because I'm, I'm thinking if I like this place, this is where I'm going to live. Um, and um, we've, we've always tried to make sure that we educate our kids to the realities of living in America as people of color and the conversations that we've had to have with our children because of the fact that they're living in America are not conversations that we would have had if they were living back home. You know, we just didn't have to deal with that level um, of bias. So that was a, that was definitely a challenge. And now I, I think I have gotten accustomed to the realities of living in America as a person of color. I don't own um, people's bias. I think if if they're biased against me, that's not my problem to own. Um, but I just understand that it is the reality that we have in this country. Um, it's a part of the, the sadness of, um, you know, the American dynamic for people of color. But I'm, I'm hopeful too, I'm optimistic, Simone, that even as we have over the last few years, um, seeing the ugliness of racism, that we will one day be truly free from it as we raise generations to come. Yes, yes, and that is our hope, as Dr. King says, right? Mm -hmm. We're celebrating yep. him on Monday yep. um, as a reminder of, of his dream for our country. So we are taking steps towards it. Um, yep. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Immigrant Experience in America. Join us on the next episode for part two of uh, Donna's story. Tune in next week for another episode of the Immigrant Experience in America. As this is a new podcast, we welcome any and all support. If you have not done so already, subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. You can also support us by completing a five-star rating and review and sharing our podcast with your friends, family, and circle of influence. <laughs>